Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Absolute sports betting degeneracy. Welcome to the zoo. With Sex Panther and Chubby Zebra. It's Thursday, which can only mean one thing. It's time for the zoo. I'm Sex Panther. You're just your, I don't even know what to call myself. Your your favorite host, maybe? Probably not. Probably not so much. But your favorite co-host, Chubby Zebra, is with us. What's going on, Chubby Zebra? Well, the Zebra's trying to catch his wind after a second straight week of a victory lap. Um, you know, a f- four and one performance last week and was just one point off on that uh, K- KU game. Uh, kept me from a perfect five and oh. But, you know, after a one and nine two week span, uh, bounce it back with a seven, two and one. Still not 500 over the four weeks, but man, I got a little bit of my money back. I had confidence in you. You're not on the show. We haven't been friends for 20 years because I thought you didn't know what you were doing. But college football and the NFL as well have been really, really tough to bet this year. Um, not so well for myself last week. Took one on the chin. Uh, so um, looking at our cumulatives, you're up to 15, 19, and 1. That and sounds correct. I'm down to 21 and 18. We were on another game together last week, and we took another one on the chin. Freaking Kansas Jayhawks, man. What were we thinking? We bought, we drank the Kansas Kool-Aid, and uh, that defense just did not show up. And Oklahoma did what Oklahoma's going to have to do to win football games this year is score because they can't stop anyone either. But they scored enough to cover that number and, uh, you know, keep our – our situation where we're on the same game looking bleak and, you know, kept, kept me from a perfect week. Well, we are on one game together this week. I don't know if we're on the same side. We never talk about sides. We just talk about which games we're going to start with. We're going to start with the university of Alabama, Birmingham going to Western Kentucky, take on the Hilltoppers. This is a Friday night tilt. What are these guys doing competing with high school football? Isn't that a no, no. You kind of think so. Uh, but high school football is not on TV, and when the TV dollars talk, these schools listen. Yeah, I don't know if CBS Sports and whatever the hell that stands for. I don't know if that, that counts as being on TV, but you know, UAB's put together a pretty good season. They got that one ugh, loss against Rice. kind of stands out. like It's kind of like a blister on an otherwise pretty decent season, losing to Liberty. Uh, no fault in that. Liberty's a good team, but here's what stands out. Those two losses both on the road they're on the road here going against that high flying western kentucky 
uh, Hilltopper team. I've been really high on Western Kentucky, but they've lost three of their last five games, but they've played a pretty competitive schedule for a mid-major. They lost to that uh, your Hoosiers in overtime. They lost to Troy, nothing wrong with that. Lost to the Roadrunners, nothing wrong with that. Bounced back and beat Middle Tennessee State uh, just a week ago. You know, I, I love the offense that the Hilltoppers bring. Their defense is actually pretty decent, and they're rock solid at home. Being at home and the Blazers' struggles on the road makes me think giving up one and a half uh, seems like a no-brainer to me. Maybe I'm missing something, but I'm going to put $10 on these Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. You know, it's tough to, to go against a nickname like Hilltoppers and that cool red blob thing that they have as a mascot. But I'm going to write the, the AD and ask that he change the, the school's mascot to the Panthers because I think this is the eighth week in a row you've been on them. Um, I love this team. <laughs> in terms of the game, I really didn't look too much at it. This is a big game for, um, you know, the, the conference standings. Uh, you know, winner uh, can, can put themselves in a good spot. Losers probably out. Uh, so it should be a very competitive game. Uh, CBS Sports Network, if you're not watching a high school game tomorrow night, uh, tune into this one. It should be fun to watch. You know, let's expect a lot of points here. Vegas had that at 58 and a half. I almost think that's a no-brainer that it goes over. But who knows? Both their defenses are, are can be pretty decent as well. All right, next game up, you want to take a look at Hawaii coming to the mainland, take on Colorado State. Yeah, this game is not one that you're going to want to watch. Um, I'm not too sure that the market or the public has figured out how much Hawaii has actually improved. Uh, You know, after a last-second loss at San Diego State, they they dominated Nevada on the island last week. Timmy Chang, he inherited a complete disaster – uh, complete rebuild, and he so far looks to be up to the challenge. The defense, they were awful early, but held two straight opponents to less than 17 points. The offense, they've looked tremendously better following the QB change. Braden Shager has taken over for Joey Yellen, and the, roles, and the results you can't argue with. Yellen was 40 of 87 for 327 yards, no TDs and two picks while he was there. And Shager, since he's taken over, 96 of 167, 1,028 yards, three TDs. Got to cut down on those five interceptions, but much better performance. On the other side, Colorado State's offense, it's bad. That's probably being nice. They did finally get a win against Nevada but needed two defensive touchdowns and a second try on a last-second field goal for the three-point win. They were competitive last week against Utah State, who's not very good this year, but they were outplayed, and they faced a fourth-string emergency quarterback and barely got the win. Quarterback Clay Millen, he could possibly return this week for Colorado State, but if Hawaii has watched any film, they know to double-team Troy Hilton or Troy Horton, and Colorado State goes nowhere. Uh, this could be a possible outright win for the Rainbows, but... I'm not going to turn down the points. Give me Hawaii and the five. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually stunned here to see us this far into the season, six games, and Colorado State is averaging 12.2 points per game. That That's beyond anemic. What, what's with the state of Colorado? Like the two colleges can't play football. The Broncos can't play football. I Maybe it's just a hockey and a basketball state. You look at this, one of the games that they played was against Sacramento State. That's not even a Division One school, and they lost forty-one to ten. Even if you don't think Hawaii wins this game, 
you gotta fade Colorado State. They're awful. I tons of moral support. I I just saw Hawaii and Colorado State. I didn't even look at it, but man, I, I'm a, I'm with you. I think the Rainbow Warriors can probably win this game outright. All right, next game up. We're gonna look at the Cincinnati Bearcats. Gonna take on the Southern Methodist Mustangs. You know, outside of that opening week loss to Arkansas, Cincinnati's just gone back to doing what Bearcat football does. Luke Fickle's got that team clicking on both sides of the ball. Defense isn't quite as good as it's been in the past, um, but still doing a good enough job to get five wins on the season, 2-0 and in the conference. Going against a Mustang team that finally got a win after three tough losses to Maryland, Texas Christian, and Central Florida. They got a six-point win against Navy. I don't know what to think about that because Navy actually sucks. So, but hey, look, a win's a win. They're three and three. They've not been, they haven't won against anybody that really counts. Their three wins are against just, just really bad teams or not even division one teams. Um, so the thing that has me scratching my head here is Cincinnati minus three and a half. Like, like why? I don't see anything in these numbers and the competition, um, the, the, the ability to recruit any of that that suggests SMU is going to keep up with the Bearcats. I feel like I'm jumping into a trap, another one of those off games that we talk about, but I'm just going to think it's another Vegas gift. I'm going to take the Bearcats minus the three and a half. Everything points that you say points to Cincinnati to just go into SMU and roll them. The line tells me that's not going to happen. SMU, you know, they're playing for their American Athletic Conference lives being 1-1, one and one, Cincinnati 2-0. and oh. With a game next week against Central Florida, who's 2-0, and oh, could this be a look-ahead spot for the Bearcats and they might get tripped up or maybe only win by a field goal? I think that's the thought process that Vegas sees. This one's scary. I looked at it. I just couldn't pull the trigger on it. I think you're on the right side, but just something tells me to stay away from this game. Yeah, well, I, I, I listen, I identify them. I just haven't got myself trained to not bet them or go the other way. I keep calling them Vegas gifts, so it's more like a Vegas trap. All right, next game up. A team that we haven't really talked that much about this season. Clemson's at home. Going to take on the Syracuse Orange. Yeah, both come into this game undefeated and ranked. I mean, this is a top 15 matchup. Uh, the winner solidifies their spot in the top of the ACC Atlantic Division. Syracuse offense, it's much more balanced than we've seen in the past. Their, their improved passing game has really given them a nice run-pass run uh, mixture and a nice balance. And their defense, well, it's really good this year. They lead the ACC in total defense, allowing very little on the ground. In fact, no team has gotten 150 yards against the Cuse defense. Their secondary started off a little bit rough, but has tightened up, especially against the short and mid-range passes. It's the deep pass that they got to be weary of, and I'm not sure DJU's got that in his game. Clemson, they've quietly been playing very well, uh, basically in all aspects of the game, but only faced one team Florida State that can actually run the ball well, and they put up over 200 yards against Clemson's defense. This isn't the front seven that we're used to seeing at Clemson with NFL player after NFL player on, on the defensive line. Syracuse's lack of road games, which they've had one, and I don't really count it. It was UConn. That's a bit of a concern right now. Uh, 
Clemson, they've been challenged this year, and each time they've, they've figured out a way to answer the bell. This is going to be a very entertaining football game that Clemson should win, but I don't think it's going to cover. As I've said in the past, it's a bad number, but we're playing it for podcast purposes. We're, we're, we're going to play the number that's out there. Buy it up to 14 if you've got the opportunity. But for this purposes, I'm taking the dog, and I'm getting on Syracuse plus 13 and a half. Yeah, not only the 13 and a half, but I think there's a real legitimate possibility Syracuse can win this game. They've given Clemson all they can handle on more than one occasion. They should have had them dead to rights just two years ago. Um, but as you mentioned, the one thing that really stands out to me, Syracuse six games, one road game against UConn, and going into Clemson, an, an incredible in college football environment. They Those fans there, they really know how to make another team feel unwelcome. Um, you know, Clemson's kind of been tested on the road. This is only their uh, fourth home game. So they, it's not like they've been at home like Syracuse has. I haven't seen anything out of Clemson that says this is the dominant team that we've seen in the past from a Dabo Sweeney team. You know, they escaped Florida State with a six-point win. They had to go to double overtime to beat Wake Forest. Uh, NC State stayed within 10 points of them. Like, this isn't the juggernaut that we've seen. So 13 and a half, uh, I, I'm with you. I, I was tempted. I should have. But I didn't. So as much moral support as I can give you without betting the game, I'm leaning the Syracuse Orange here. All right, next game up. This is the one that should incur a lot of chatter. We're looking at the Iowa Hawkeyes going to the horseshoe, take on the Ohio State Buckeyes. We're both on this game. I'm going to let you go first. Great. Uh, well, the last time Iowa was this big of an underdog, Hardly any of their players were even born. It was September 2000 when they were 41-point underdogs to then number one ranked Nebraska. Yes, youngins, Nebraska used to be good in football. Uh, both of these schools, they've had two weeks to prepare, and hopefully for Hawkeye fans, they've figured out how to play offense during those two weeks because they haven't shown it yet. This is going to be another game where we see strength versus strength with a very talented extremely talented Ohio State offense against a very good Iowa defense. Buckeyes, they average 48.8 points per game, while Iowa only gives up 9.8. The problem for Iowa all season has been their offense has been, well, rather offensive. They've scored 14 or less in four of their six games, and they've not faced any sort of defense anywhere close to as talented as Ohio State. This game, this is going to be Heisman favorite C.J. Stroud's toughest test yet. And he could probably further separate himself from the pack uh, if he were able to shine in this game. There's no doubt Ohio State wins this game comfortably. But 30? That's just, that's just a ton of points. As long as Iowa doesn't turn the ball over in their own territory and can have the special team miscues that they had early in the season, I think they cover. I'm taking Iowa and 30 points. You know, much has been said about Ohio State's offense, and rightfully so. But you wonder, can it get better? Yes, it can get better. 
And that's because Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to suit up this week. So after two weeks of prep and getting their all-worldwide receiver to go along with Marvin Harrison Jr. and the rest of the offensive juggernauts, Ohio State's offense gets better. And we talk about Ohio State's offense. Nobody's talking about this defense at all. The most anybody has ever scored on this team this season is 21 points. Toledo did it, and they lost by 56. Wisconsin did it. They lost by 31. Michigan State came close. They scored 20 and lost uh, by 29. What does that have in common with Iowa? I Nothing. Iowa doesn't have a sniff of offense close to those schools. I don't know if Iowa scores. Ohio State's going to get in the 40s, the 50s. Again, I don't care how good Iowa's defense is. It probably looks good because they take on Iowa State, Nevada, Illinois. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not swooning over that. Um, Michigan got 27 on them. I think Ohio State's way better than that team up north. I'm eating that 30. I think the Buckeyes got a chip on their shoulder from last season. They got something to prove. And it's just one of those, another, another villain in their path to get to the final four. I'm laying the 30 and putting my money on those Buckeyes. You know, the, this is by far, other than the Notre Dame game, this is by far the best defense Ohio State's seen. Granted, it was week one, and they only put up 21 on Notre Dame. I don't disagree with you on Iowa. If they get to double figures, it's going to be – it might be a miracle. But I just don't see Ohio State putting up monster numbers in this one. I think they're going to be kind of vanilla. I think they're going to come in think they, they they can win this game easily. They do have Penn State on the horizon. They don't want to show anything yet because that's one of the people that, that you know they've got to beat, obviously, on their side of the bracket. Uh I don't doubt that Ohio State, I mean, easily they could put up 40, 50 points, but I think Iowa is just, their defense is really, really good. And as long as the offense and special teams doesn't put them in short fields or or give up points, I just don't think Ohio State's going to hang a monster number on them. So one of us is going to win this one. And I guess for both of these teams, it's probably good that we're not on the same side. Uh, yeah, well, that's that's a lot of truth. You know, if, if the Vegas number is any indication, they've got the total of 49 and a half. So with a 30-point line, Vegas has this as a 40 to 10 game thereabouts. Uh, pr- pr- pretty solid number, if you ask uh, me. But Sounds about right. I, mean, <laughs> I think I have, more, I have more confidence in Ohio State getting to 40 than I do Iowa getting to 10. I'll say that. All right. Well, this is the t- part of the show where we let Max – insert a commercial break so max who's going to entertain us today guess who's back back again my bookie's back tell a friend that's right djens proud to say that we're once again being brought to you by my bookie but just because they weren't paying us doesn't mean we haven't been giving them some love i still use my bookie to this date and you should too why because march is about to get crazy insane maybe even a little Mad? If you're still on the hunt for a sportsbook to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to 25,000 big ones, or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now, take advantage of their generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is use the promo code DEGENS, that's D-E-G-E-N-S, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get 
up-to-the-minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere. Use the promo code DGENS to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. All right, and we are back. Second half of our schedule. We're going to take a look at the Toledo Rockets going to Buffalo, take on the Buffalo Bulls. This has got to be Zebra, one of Zebra's favorites because he hit them on a double dip last week, those Rockets, with that big win. I thought you were in trouble. Kent State came out of blaze, and I thought, man, this is, he's in trouble. But Toledo just got right and got right quick. You know, we talked about preseason as one of my favorites. Um, I, I love the over number that they were supposed to be the class of the Mac. And so far in the Mac, they've looked the part. Their only blemishes, Ohio State, we get it, it's Ohio State. They tripped and fell against San Diego State. They actually should have won that game, but they beat themselves. Get into the Mac schedule, they've scored 38, 52, and 52 in their first three games. Going against a Buffalo team that's kind of right of the ship. They're 3-0 and in the conference. They've won four in a row. And that offense has put up 50, 24, 38, and 34. Now, granted, not the best of competition there. UMass, eh. Bowling Green, no. Miami of Ohio, no. Eastern Michigan's not terrible, and they beat them by 20 points. So I think this is going to be a really high-scoring game. But at the end of the day, I still think Toledo is the class of that division. Um, Daquan Finn has been having one hell of a season, almost 1,400 yards with 17 touchdowns, his five interceptions. They still run the ball really effectively with Finn carrying a lot of that load, 450 yards rushing on top of his 1,400 yards passing. So um, I don't think Buffalo's got what it takes to contain um, Finn. So I'm laying the seven and a half. I hate that hook. I'm going to have to buy it down. But uh, for, for these purposes, I'm laying the seven and a half and taking those Rockets. I'm glad you're on that side. Go Rockets. Yeah, last week, uh, that was my double dip. Uh, I tried it twice this year. I'm three and one on the plays right now. Um, actually, I think three and one on, on double dip games. But yeah, I looked up at that game last Saturday and I saw four seconds into the second quarter, Kent State with a 28-7 lead. And I said to myself, well, at least I split. <laughs> uh, but from there, Toledo put a 45-3 whooping on them. And it, it, it went both ways for me. So... I, I don't know about this one. I, th I think there's going to be points. Buffalo looks pretty doggone good. That hook would scare me a lot. Um, 
it, I mean, it opened at seven. So people obviously weren't afraid to lay it to get it to seven and a half. It takes a lot to get off those key numbers. So I think you're on the, you're on the trend with at least the sharp betters because what I'm seeing the public's on Buffalo, but I think the money is on Toledo. So I think you're, I think you're on the professional side of this one. That's the side I like to be. Public Panther just doesn't do that well. All right, next game up. This is your game. I'm actually really interested to get your take on it. It's the old, the undefeated Ole Miss Rebels taking on the fighting Brian Kellys at Baton Rouge, the LSU Tigers. Give us your take, Chubby Zebra. Ole Miss, they're a perfect seven and zero on the field, but you know, for for people like us, they're they're three and four on the season. The Tigers, the fighting Brian Kellys, they've won five of their last six, and they're four and three against the spread, so nobody's really lighting it up. LSU last week won as an outright as a small dog at Florida. I do believe that was one of the ones I was on, and they look to keep their SEC West title hopes alive down in the bayou. This is the 330 CBS game, and this week CBS got it right. Well, they got it right last week, too, by putting on Tennessee, Alabama. Uh, but they got it right by putting the right game in. This line is flipped since it's early opening. Seeing the opening Ole Miss minus two quickly become LSU minus one and a half, and I think now it's up to two and a half. Ole Miss, yeah, they're 7-0, and but they've only been tested once, and that was a 22-19 to home victory over Kentucky three weeks ago. While LSU... They've had a tough run. They've battled Florida State, Mississippi State, Tennessee, and Florida. LSU's main weapon is quarterback Jaden Daniels, who leads the team in both rushing and passing. Ole Miss, led by Jackson Dart, he has nearly 1,500 yards passing. They have a pair of running backs with both over 600 yards, so the offense for Ole Miss is there. This one's going to come down to you know who wants and, and needs it more, and I think who's more battle-tested, and that's the team that's home. I'm taking LSU. Didn't get the great number when they were getting points, but I'm taking the fight in Brian Kelly's and laying the two and a half. Yeah, you know, you know how much money or information, but I'm going to assume money because I haven't heard anything on an injury report. It takes to flip something from minus two on one side to minus two and a half on the four and a half points, and we still got two more days till this game kicks off. You know, everybody was burying Brian Kelly after that Tennessee thumping. But I think the reality is he inherited a team that's not his players. He had a transfer quarterback, and they're taking on a Tennessee team that, by all rights, is pretty damn good. I think Alabama would attest to that. So now you're going against an Ole Miss team, Ole Miss team that, yes, their schedule has not been that great. Kentucky's the one game that stands out, but even more so on the road. They only had to beat Vanderbilt and Georgia Tech. Those aren't exactly quality competition. So LSU at home seems to be the right side. I just could not decide if I was a believer in the Rebels or not. This is going to be the game, I think, to decide if we believe in the Rebels. For my preseason over-under on LSU, I kind of need the Rebels to win. But I've been kind of surprised and maybe even mildly impressed with what Brian Kelly has been able to do in his first year at LSU in the SEC. So a lean on those fighting Brian Kellys. All right, next game up, we're looking at University of Central Florida going to East Carolina. East Carolina did me a solid last week by winning that game and not covering because I was on Memphis. I thought Memphis would actually win that game outright. East Carolina's kind of come out of nowhere. I didn't really expect this kind of offensive production out of them, particularly at home. They can put up some numbers. But Central Florida, 
is not to be messed with. I mean, they've put up 70 last week against Temple, uh, 41 the week before that. Kind of took it, took it easy on Georgia Tech for some reason, and 40 against Florida Atlantic. The only blemish they have is that home game against Louisville, and that was just a six-point loss. I am kind of very interested in the uh, Central Florida Knights because so my hometown back in Ohio, um, one of the players, the running back, Isaiah Bowser, went to my high school. So I'm kind of interested in, in uh, how he performs. I believe he's in a, he's a fifth-year senior. He's transferred here and there. He started out at Northwestern several years ago. Uh, so I have a little interest in Isaiah Bowser and the Central Florida team. But, man, if it wasn't for that blemish against Louisville, Central Florida be ranked, and we might even be talking about them as as the non-power five to maybe sneak into one of those um, big six bowl games. I like Central Florida on the road here. I think they can get in there and take care of business. Uh, so I'm going to lay those five points and take the Knights. Well, I think it scares me about Central Florida, and we kind of we mentioned it earlier. So they've got that tilt with Cincinnati next week. Uh, you know, both could afford one loss in, in the conference standings. If it wasn't for Tulane and as well as they're playing this year, they're trying to throw a monkey wrench into this thing. Uh, but it's, you know, if UCF and Cincinnati get the wins this week, it's basically a three-horse race to find out who the two are going to be playing for the American Athletic title is. Let's just hope neither one of them, for your sake, uh, is looking ahead and both can get can get the covers for you this week. Yeah, for my sake, I'm on both of them. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, they expect some points to be scored here, 63 and a half. So in, in typical fashion, um, we're going we're gonna to see another mid-major shootout. Next game up, you haven't bet a game with your Hoosiers very often, but we're going to take a look at Indiana going to Rutgers. I think I've been on been on their game once this year, and I, I actually faded them against Western Kentucky. So one and zero in my in, in the Hoosier bet. So this game right here, th- this is going to be the last time either of these two schools are involved in a game with a spread of less than a touchdown, maybe even less than double digits. Uh, it also will mark the last realistic chance for either of them to win a football game this season. Rutgers. They've had 15 days to prepare for the Hoosiers who come off a tough home loss to Maryland. Look for both teams to, to have a few trick plays up their sleeves being, you know, the last game that, that they could actually make a difference in the game. Rutgers, they fired their offensive coordinator and tight end coach has taken over and he's going to want to make an immediate splash. They tried out a trio of quarterbacks and with the return of the most talented of them and Gavin Winstead, Wimsat should be um, able to exploit the Hoosier defense. If you're not able to recall the last time Rutgers was a home favorite at a conference game, it's completely understandable. Since 2015, it's only happened once, and that was two years ago in the COVID season where they were a five-and-a-half-point favorite and lost outright to Illinois. That's not happening this week. Rutgers is going to get the win, get the cover, uh, I'm on the Scarlet Knights, and I'll lay the field goal. You know, I'm kind of looking at their last three. But somebody, the, the plus thing is somebody's going to win, right? Indiana's lost four in a row. Rutgers lost three in a row. But you look at Rutgers. They managed to score 10 points against that vaunted Hawkeye defense. They scored 10 points against Ohio State. I didn't watch the games. Maybe those were backdoor touchdowns or lazy defense at the end of the game. I don't know. And then they scored 13 points against Nebraska. That might actually be an indictment because Nebraska's not very good. But you look at their season, 22.8 points per game. That's grossly inflated because of that 66 points that they put up against Wagner. 
Rutgers offense really isn't that good. They only muster 173 yards passing the ball. Um, th- this is really, I, I'm just kind of stunned you're betting this game because there's two really shit teams that I don't, I hope this isn't on, it's on Big Ten. So thankfully I don't have to watch it on one of the main channels. But I think Indiana, just from an offensive side, has much more offensive potential. Um, granted, their defense has been pretty brutal all season long, but Rutgers' offense doesn't really do anything to scare me. So I'm not betting this game, but I think I'm at least going to lean the, your Hoosiers uh, with those three points. All right, last game up. The Fighting Irish are playing at home this week. They went to Vegas to take on BYU. Now they come home and take on the UNLV running Rebels. Don't know how that scheduling works. Kind of interesting, kind of quirky, but it is what it is. Now Notre Dame coming off that embarrassing loss to Stanford. I don't know that we're raising any questions of Marcus Freeman. I think we're just starting to wonder how bare the cupboard might have been when Brian Kelly abandoned ship. He's been doing great on the recruiting trails, but that doesn't do any good for this season. We thought there was some hope, right? They 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 snuck out that victory against Cal. Offensive production against North Carolina, although North Carolina's defense is really, really bad. Uh, and then they got that big win at BYU against BYU there in Vegas. But then this this no-show, this absolute no-show against a not very good Stanford team leaves more questions than answers with this Notre Dame fighting Irish. Now, I think it goes without saying they should beat the UNLV Rebels. This is not a good team. Matter of fact, they've scored 14 points total in their last two games. San Jose State beat them 40 to 7 and the Air Force Academy, which actually is a pretty good team, uh beat them 42 to 7. So they've lost 82 to 14 over their last two games. Prior to that, though, they were able to put up some points, 31, 34, 58 against North Texas. Um I here's the thing. Notre Dame has been so up and down. I I just cannot get a grasp of this team. I watch this team and I just so frustrated. Sometimes we blame Tommy Reese. Sometimes we blame the players. We've lost um, a couple players this week due to injury. So I'm not quite sure how that's going to play out, but I'm looking at Notre Dame all the way up now to minus 27 points. No way. No freaking way. I, I don't think they maybe even score 27 the way this offense has been playing. Uh, give me the Rebels with the 27 points, and uh, I just hope to God Notre Dame at least escapes here with a win. You know, this is this is a game where you better hope Notre Dame doesn't score 27 points because if they get any 28, they're probably going to cover. I don't think UNLV's got anything to bring. They, they've scored seven their last two weeks against – uh, you know, very inferior opponents. Last week, they didn't have their quarterback who was out uh, due to a concussion. And during the game, their top running back went out early in the second quarter with a knee injury. Last I've heard, their head coach announced on Monday that quarterback is day-to-day with his concussion. Don't haven't heard anything since. And he didn't say anything about the running back. So I think they're going in with backup running back, got a quarterback that, you know, one hit could take him out of the game. I don't see you know, UNLV doing much in this game. Uh, Notre Dame fans are all going to be, you know, they're happy that little Irish song and the little leprechaun's going to be doing his dancing and the cheerleaders are going to be doing a bunch of push-ups and we're all going to walk away all happy about how Notre Dame got a big victory. But, you know, for your sake, 
I, I hope the Irish roll so you, so you can feel a little better about a couple of embarrassing home losses. I, 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 I'll give you the moral support to hope you win a bet, but I, but I don't think it's going to happen in this way. I got a big lean on Notre Dame. Yeah, I, I listen. I just want Notre Dame to win the game. I just want to win the bet, but. I haven't seen anything on this Notre Dame offense. Just that one game, North Carolina, with their putrid defense. I, UNLV against Air Force, I went and just looked at the stats. Four turnovers. Teams always struggle with that triple option. Uh, Air Force ran for over 400 yards of offense. They, UNLV just didn't have a- anything for that. Notre Dame was obviously not going to do that. So um, there's just a lack of confidence on my Irish. So I, I just had to fade them this week. This is a really interesting one here too. If you look at the, the, the game opened at 24 and a half and a total of 50, the line's gone up to 27, but the total's gone down to 47 kind of a, a, you don't see that happening very often. So kind of like we were talking about Ohio state, Iowa right now, this thing sits at a 37, 10 Notre Dame win. Seems pretty logical to me, but I, I just don't know if you and all these can even muster double digits. Yeah, they've only they've only scored over you know the twenty eight points one time, the North Carolina game. Other than that, like this is not an explosive Notre Dame team. Plus, I think they have an opportunity here after seeing what Air Force did to run the ball a lot uh, with the running backs. So um, I don't expect them to be explosive here. So that's that's kind of my take. Those are our 10 games this week. Um, time to put together a parlay. We can't touch the one because we're on opposite sides. Um, but if, if I'm going to pick uh, pick one that, that, that I like the most, I obviously can't take the crap games with, with Indiana Rutgers and Hawaii, Colorado State. And I've got to throw out the Iowa-Ohio State game because we're on opposite sides. So that leaves me with two potential plays, uh, Syracuse with the 13-and-a-half and LSU laying the two-and-a-half. Much as I hate to do it, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take the LSU game minus the two-and-a-half against the ranked undefeated team at home. I just think LSU's uh, the, the better football team despite, despite the rankings, the hotter football team, the more battle-tested football team. And I, I don't see any reason they shouldn't win their win this game at home by more than a field goal. I, I like that play. I like that play a lot. Um, I'm actually focused on two games here. I'm looking at the Western Kentucky Friday night game and the Toledo game. That Toledo, just that, that hook maybe puts me a little over the edge. So I'm going to go with those Hilltoppers in this, this uh, play. And then for the third one, I didn't bet it. But I'm leaning about as hard. I might, I might go down to the, the, oh, the gambling place we got right down the road here, and then punch a ticket and, and maybe take the Syracuse orange. I, I love that thirteen and a half. So we'll put your orange in there with this parlay. Uh, so we got the frightened buying Kellys, the Hilltoppers, and the Orangemen. That's your degenerate parlay for this college football week number eight. Any final thoughts, Chubby Zebra? No, I just want to keep keep the positive positive weeks going. I had a big hole to dig out of. I've I you know I can see light right now, but now I just got to pull myself out of it with a with a couple more solid weeks, and hopefully this is uh, the week that I can do it. Yeah, you got yourself a nice little run going here, and you're getting man. If you could have yourself a near perfect week or four and one again, you'll be right there at five hundred. Resurrected what was looking to be a really bad season. Uh, I just like to get back on the winning track 
We're not on anything together, so we don't have to worry about that. That's been a shit show all season long. So that's it for the zoo. Week number eight, we're hanging out on Facebook. We're hanging out on Twitter. But mostly it is the book club. Join the Discord channel, and you guys can hang out with us and call us out by name. We'll holler right back. But most importantly, let us know what you did last week, what you're doing this week, and when it's all said and done, kids, it's all make some money, fools. Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will the owners, operators, or guests of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its contents. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.